Welcome back, Bayside. Streaming only on Peacock. Can't wait to start junior year. Saved by the Bell is back. This is gonna be awesome. And taking school spirit. Our rivals just destroyed our mascot. We're gonna crush Valley. To the max. If we don't learn from the past, we are doomed to repeat it. That's why we have all these reboots of teen shows from the 90s. Get a new idea, Hollywood. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. Welcome back, Bayside. They're taking school spirit. The fun's just getting started. To the max. This is going to be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. It's still going to be damaged. Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Still Real Tush Show, episode number 621 for January 6th, 2022. Welcome to this week's edition of SRTU. It's a 2022 wrestling preview show, 2022 bold predictions, WrestleMania 38 card predictions, and day one recap and review. I am one half of the show. I am Jeff Peck. Joined every single week by my co-host, the one and only Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey, Happy New Year, my friend. And a Happy New Year to you. Uh, we're in 2022, and I'll tell you right now, Jeff, if somebody told me uh, you know, nine, ten years ago that we still be doing the podcast in 2022, I would say they had a drinking problem uh, and should call WWE to get into rehab or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, here we are. Uh show's been going since 2010. And we've been talking about professional wrestling for 621 straight weeks. I'd probably be in the same that same boat. We're a lot older, a lot less hair, uh, grayer hair than we were when we first started. But uh, we're still here with you. And uh, as a custom tradition here, Dr. Trey, despite us getting older, doing this for 12 years, you are still dressed up as a baby for the first show of the year. You say that like it's odd. I mean, nine years running now, you should be kind of accustomed to this, but... Uh, sidebar question. Did you think that our show would outlast all the other shows that you were on and affiliated with? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I I think I think I did. I, I would have figured that for the wheelhouse. That was my first podcast. Uh, the Bauer show itself, I think, would have been the one that I would have uh, probably debated on. But, uh, yeah, no, this show has outlasted those other ones for like eight plus years now, I want to say. Like, I, I did the Bauer – well – we did the Bauer show. We were off 97.9 ESPN in 2014. We kept it going until 16, brought it back for a little bit during the pandemic in 2020. So really, it was like four years, 
four, five, six years that I haven't been doing that show. Wheelhouse, I think, ended in 2012, almost 10, year, yeah. 10 years ago now. I know. It's crazy. And then not to mention, I think we've now done more episodes than Cole Cabana did. Yeah, yeah. Well, he uh, the, the big story always there was he got the idea of doing the podcast by coming on our show. He came on like a couple times. And he was great. I really enjoyed talking to Cole Cabana. I actually met him once before Final Battle 2009, I want to say. And uh, my old friend, Kerry Silk, and I haven't talked to Kerry in 10 years now. But Kerry took us backstage to meet Cole after we had him on the podcast. And, uh, yeah, those were those were like some of those early, like, mind-blowing experiences for me for the amount of wrestlers I was able to interview over the years. Like, when I look back at it now... Uh, it's pretty wild, to be honest with you, the amount of wrestlers that I've interviewed. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day, uh, on, on your end, and then also my end, because when we started the show, like, you and I really had no contact with the wrestling community other than, you know, just being fans, you know, and, and Eric was kind of our in, and then, you know, you at 97.9 was your, was our, one of our in, but outside of that, like, we really had nothing, and, now we've interviewed. I mean, you've interviewed Punk, Ziggler, a bunch of the Ring of Honor. You've met the Ring of Honor guys, Josh Matthews. Me working on the Independent Circuit. I've met a bunch of people now. It's, it's crazy to see how far we've come in the last uh, you know, decade. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think the one interview that has uh, I'm still waiting on is the one with Kevin Owens. Uh, that's kind of like I feel like if I'm able to get an interview with Kevin Owens, talk about his career. That like I can officially close the door on the podcasting career. That's like legitimately to me, Doctor Trey, the the coup de gras, the one that I feel like I've always been missing because I've been chasing him since his time in ROH. Um, would be Kevin Owens, without a doubt. And I've had a chance, as you mentioned, to interview CM Punk, Dolph Ziggler, um, John Moxley when he was Dean Ambrose, Cabana, Claudio Casagnoli, now known as Cesaro, Chris Hero, Josh Matthews was a friend of mine. Uh, I haven't talked to Josh in a long time. I, like I've been blessed to talk to a lot of great wrestling personalities, but it's that it's that Kevin Owens that's 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 I've been chasing for a real long time. I would say if we could ever as a duo, if we could ever land Owens and Zane as a duo at the same oh, time, that would I, I think at, at that point we would literally sign off and never get back on the podcast again. Oh but yeah, that, that, you you are absolutely talking my language there because. That is the one – if I was able to get both those guys and just talk to them specifically like nerd out about that ROH uh, few that they did, that's enough for me. I don't need to talk about the stuff that led up to WrestleMania. It's it's that feud, that entire year-long feud that would be completely I – could, I, could I could call it a career at that point. And, and I've been doing this for a long time, since 2019, and I feel like that would be uh, – that would be like the cherry on top, Doctor Trey. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm in that boat too. I mean, we, we we've, literally everything we do on this show compares back to, you know, Kevin Steen and El Generico and Ring of Honor. Like that's our basis for comparison when it comes to rivalries, feuds, you know, heels, baby faces. Everything's kind of based off those two guys. So, yeah, if I ever got to that point, I'd be like, Jeff, I love you. Thanks for ten years. Um, I guess I'm going to start that. Finally, start that lawn care podcast we've always talked about. Yeah, and weathercast. It's supposed yeah. to snow here overnight, so it's I guess that's good timing. 
it's actually one of the reasons why I'm not on the road right now is because we had a bunch of snow come through Tennessee. And so I'm trying to make sure that my southern route, which is now below freezing, is not completely iced over. See, that's just bizarre to me that you guys yeah. are getting snow. Yeah, well, I haven't got any snow now. Huntsville, which true, is true. Where, where we run Rocket City, they got snow. We just got a lot of rain, but then when the temperature dropped, it's like, oh, yeah, leaving out at night, black ice, that should be fun. Yeah, can we just completely pull back the pull back the curtain here? Like typically, you and I put the last three shows in the can, and we actually um, we got the show on the twenty third in the can. The show on the thirtieth, the last show, we actually did after Christmas because we had to be timely on day one. And then, of mm-hmm. course, day one has COVID implications, not the ones that we expected. Uh, and this show, we're actually doing like in the regular format, and. Um, that's because there was so much crap that went on the last week from day one, NXT, uh, New Year's Evil, uh, last night's AEW Dynamite with Hangman Page and, and Daniel uh, Brian Danielson battling it out, uh, and their great match. But more importantly, like, how was the uh, Rocket City Rumble, Dr. Try? The Rumble was uh, <clears throat> pretty fun. Uh, we had, I mean, we literally ran out of chairs to put out for the crowd so we had a huge crowd we had probably i think around 475 people crammed into our building uh legitly standing room only um rumble came off really well we had a loser's dog food match which if you go on my facebook page you can see a picture of me putting the dog food onto the plate uh so it was legitly a can of pedigree we didn't uh wrestling gimmick it up it was legitly pedigree uh so it was a fantastic show um a lot of new faces show up. Some guys getting kind of tryout exposure uh, as well. And so a couple of those guys really stood out. So they'll be on our show going forward. So uh, from top to bottom, it was a really, really fun show. And uh, once again, my wife uh, was in the Rumble. So this is her fourth Rumble out of five. And the only one she missed is because she was pregnant and gave birth like, I think, a week and a half later. Oh, that, you know, what an excuse. Yeah. Somebody's got to have something. You know, it's it's gonna always be if it's not COVID, it's pregnancy, right? Exactly. I mean, everybody's got an excuse in wrestling business. Oh, I'm out of gas, or oh, my car broke down, or oh, so you know, I got COVID. No, she had to pull out the whole. Hey, sorry, I'm like eight and a half months pregnant. Sorry, I can't be in the Rumble this year. Do you think Sammy would have helped her win? Uh, I don't know if it, I mean in 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 a Rumble, like it's all it's every woman and man and child for themselves. So he might have tried to throw her out from the inside. Now, before we get into uh, previewing the year and all that good stuff, um, at what have you ever considered putting Sammy into some sort of wrestling angle, knowing you? So, uh, yes. So, we had a guy at our show, and I love the guy to death. But he's a sweetheart of a guy, but he was like our lovable loser. And uh, when Sammy first started walking, I was planning on him doing an angle where as the heel GM, I made him lay down and Sammy pin him so Sammy could get a win and uh, do it at an earlier age than King Maxwell did uh, during the, uh, the, the the final deletion that the Hardys did back in uh, Impact Wrestling. You know, to bring this all together, there is a great video out there of a young uh, Owen Steen, Kevin Steen's son, defeating uh, El Generico in a match. For I believe PWG, it may have been PWG. No, well, and then we also had the one where uh, Brody Lee paid Kenny Omega to technically true. win the Impact title. So true, but true. He, I mean, at that point, he was old, so I don't know if that really counts. I mean, you know, 
everybody else is in the toddler stages. That is true. That is true. That is true. All right, Dr. Trey, let's get into it. 2022 wrestling preview show. We'll just kind of go to uh, each of the big areas and then get an overall feel for uh, the wrestling professional wrestling. Uh, let's start with WWE, Dr. Trey. Your thoughts on how you would preview the Raw brand for this upcoming year? Uh, as of right now, I think the, I think the Raw brand you know, in a, in a really good spot. I mean, you look at what we just had at, at day one with, you know, Big E, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, Lashley, and, you know, Brock Lesnar for now. I just, I don't think it will, this might be a spoiler for later in the show. I don't think Lesnar's long-term for Raw. Uh, we look at those four guys. Those are four super talented individuals. You still got Riddle and Randy Orton. You still got a really solid tag team. You got guys like Damian Priest who are on the upswing. Um, Women's division, I mean, when you got Becky and you're trying to build everybody up to her level, I mean, you got Bianca, but then you're trying to elevate Liv and you're trying to elevate Dewdrop and, you know, you still got Carmella and, and Rhea. So I, I think Raw is primed to have a really good year this year, uh, just based on the talent they have on that roster alone right now. So, uh, I mean, hopefully a better 2022. I mean, they had a really solid, like, second half of 2021. So I just kind of think they'll still keep projecting up into 2022 until the draft comes along and everything is reshuffled again. Yeah, I, I like the position of Raw right now. I think Raw is a lot more healthier than they were a year ago. I've really enjoyed the Raw brand show lately. The top of the card has some really notable names, good interesting feuds right now. It's entertaining each week. Um, I'm enjoying what they're doing. I think if I had to make one, one little note that I wish I, I would see more of, it would be pushing some of the younger stars that they were doing uh, the last several years prior to kind of getting some more notable big names like they did from the most recent WWE draft. Um, they've kind of done that with a little bit on the women's side with Liv Morgan and Dewdrop, but I would love to see that continue forward with names like Ricochet, Umberto Carrillo, Angel Garza, uh, Drew Gulak, people that could get their opportunities to really um, shine on the uh, Raw brand being that it's three hours. But I feel like Raw's in a good, healthy spot, which is a good thing. I'm enjoying it each week. At one point, Raw was nearly unwatchable, and I was just watching it for the sake of the podcast. So it's not that way right now. Props to Monday Night Raw and everything they've been doing thus far to uh, get people excited for the uh, the Raw brand. Um, let's shift gears to SmackDown, Dr. Trey. Your thoughts on how you would preview SmackDown for this upcoming year? Uh, I think SmackDown will be strong up through WrestleMania. I think the only thing I worry about is kind of what you were just mentioning on Raw is who are the guys that are going to be coming up? I mean, uh, it looks like Drew McIntyre might be out for a little bit. Um, you got Roman on top of the car, but Roman ran through the entire roster. There's really not a whole lot of people, like not a whole lot of folks left, uh, you know, for, for Roman to conquer. So, I'm a little worried about SmackDown right now, but because it's been so strong, it's just, you know, it's everything's cyclical. Um, I, I would say overall, I, I would think by the time we get to October where we have the redraft, I think most people will say that Raw's might be the better show than SmackDown because we don't know if Roman's going to be past their past WrestleMania because there's been rumors of him taking time off. If Lesnar's part time, like who's the guy you're going to bank on? Is, is it going to be a healthy Drew McIntyre? And if it is Drew, Who's the next guy behind Drew? Is it somebody stepping up and taking, you know, one of these younger guys, or are we going to see, you know, an elevation of Happy Corbin or somebody else? It's really outside of, you know, Roman, Brock, and Drew. Is there really any depth to that roster? 
for main event players. So I'm a little worried about SmackDown until we get to the draft in October. That's interesting that you feel that way. Um, because I can understand your point. I certainly can. But I do like the positioning of SmackDown right now where they are, are a little bit more t- top-heavy than Monday Night Raw. They're going to be pushing folks a little bit more than what we were accustomed to on on Raw. Um, with just some, or they're going to be pushing less folks on SmackDown, I should say, than we would see on Raw, simply because they're so top heavy and they want to get the big names out there each and every week because it's Fox. I think what I feel bad about for SmackDown is while on Raw, I want to see more younger stars get pushed. I can't really foresee SmackDown being a good op- uh, the land of opportunity that it used to be for guys like Los Lotharios right now. I think of them that they're on the brand and Ricochet. Um, I feel like those guys should not have left Raw and continue to flourish over there. Even people like Shinsuke Nakamura as the Intercontinental Champion, Rick Boogs, they kind of get left behind a little bit because it's so top-heavy over there and they're more focused on the Roman Reigns as the Usos, the New Days, the Drew McIntyre's, the Happy Corbins of the world. Um, unless they get paired up with one of those big names like Madcap Moss did. I love SmackDown. Uh, last week we named it as our promote wrestling promotion of the year. It's my favorite wrestling show that I watch each and every week. Uh, but I do know that it is uh, a little bit, it has its weak points right now that could really deter it from being a show that continues to flourish each and every week. So I'm cautiously optimistic about Raw right now, excuse me, about SmackDown and how it can continue to move forward. Um, I agree with Dr. Trey's point that it's going to be in this state probably up until the draft in September, October time. So it's it's going to be an interesting time for SmackDown, especially post-WrestleMania. And God forbid they lose Roman Reigns. Like, what do you do with that SmackDown brand now? Who is going to be the face of it? Um, they've had a great stretch lately. They really have. But to keep that stretch going is going to be harder than, uh, than not. So I think it's going to be a good run until WrestleMania. And then I think post-WrestleMania is going to be some very interesting times for SmackDown as we head into the summer months. Um, and Dr. Trey, that takes us to our last... WWE brand, which uh, definitely had quite the stir over the last 24, 48 plus hours. That is NXT 2.0. They just came off of NXT New Year's Evil this past Tuesday. We have a new NXT champion, Braun Breaker, which is great. I I get it. Uh, And then on Wednesday, we find out that William Regal is released, Road Dogg's released, Samoa Joe's released. Uh, A lot of big names, a lot of, quote, Triple H people no longer with the company now no longer down at the Performance Center. It was like a very exciting time for NXT and the Performance Center, and now it's a sad time again because it makes you wonder what the direction is. So how do you look at NXT 2.0 heading into this year? Yeah, I'm I'm really worried about it. Um, When you look at the talent, like as far as young talent, there's, there's a lot of young talent there, but it's very, very raw. It's very, very green. It still needs time to mature and grow into another brand that we can get behind like you know the previous incarnation of nxt the previous incarnation of nxt did the same thing they started off very raw you know florida championship wrestling grew in nxt then grew into the nxt black and gold brand that we love um the athletes are there uh but they're going to need time so i think this brand is going to struggle i do worry about some of the characters because it does feel more gimmicky than other shows but hey sometimes that's an easy way to make people care about 
a wrestler is if they have kind of the cheesy gimmick and grow themselves out of it. A la, we were just talking about me and uh, the owner of Rocket City uh, about, you know, guys like Dolph Ziggler who came in with a very cheesy gimmick and then were able to finally outgrow the gimmick uh, and, and captivate the audience on their personality and their ring ability. So um, it's going to be interesting to see who they put in NXT to help it grow. I mean, a lot of the people that, you know, you and I have watched build that company now are no longer there. So it, it's going to be interesting times. I mean, it, it's really gone back to being a double A, triple A, you know, minor league affiliate of Ron SmackDown, not like it was just, you know, a, two years ago when it was looked at as an equal brand. So I, I think 2.0 is going to struggle uh, to find an audience and find a core audience that you know, keeps it elevated and keeps it, you know, firing all cylinders and getting people's attention. So uh, it, it's going to take probably a good, you know, it might come up all the way back to the draft again. It might come up, you know, a full nine, ten months before, you know, you and I sit here and go, man, I really, really love this show again. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off in 2022. Yeah, I think NXT 2.0 is going to have a challenging year. Um, I just recently started to feel like they were gaining some good momentum. Uh, I totally understand that they are not the NXT that uh, we knew and loved as the black and gold brand, that it was it went from the most exciting wrestling show each and every week to kind of it's it's a normal WWE product, which I'm fine with. Uh, I get that. I, I, I get my wrestling fix on Wednesdays from AEW now, and NXT is like this developmental WWE brand. It's more entertainment-based, more gimmicky, as Dr. Trey pointed out, more personality rather than some in-ring performance. There's a lot of big bright spots there, specifically with Braun Breaker. Um, he catapults himself off the screen. Uh, I think he is a huge star in the making right now, and that's exciting to watch the beginning stages of all that. But I miss the old NXT. I miss the energy. I miss the fun. I miss miss the flash. I miss the match of the year, the, the takeovers, always delivering. Um, and, and then when I think it's gaining some momentum it, as a wrestling fan, you get let down when you read names like William Regal being let go, Timothy Thatcher, Danny Birch, coaches that are gone, road dog, Jesse James, Samoa Joe, people that I mentioned before, Scott Armstrong, Ryan Katz, who was GQ money and, uh, XPW and had a run in, uh, wrestling society X, who's had a big role in NXT for a long time, Gabe Sapolsky. You know, it's it's just it's concerning when when guys that um, were trendsetters and are are I feel like as a wrestling fan have their fingers on the pulse of what a wrestling fan wants that and then they're removed from the company. It's it's not good. Um, it's you know it's official. The Triple H era is is over with in in talent relations. It I found it to be successful. These last years, it was basically just torn down. You go back to those um, reports that Vince McMahon was down at the Performance Center with multiple people, Nick Khan and Bruce Pritchard, and now you could see what they were planning on doing here months later. It's coming to fruition where it's just another WWE thing, and the reins were removed from, from Triple H. And um, that's scary because I thought that like 2006 to 2011-12 era of WWE wrestling was not my cup of tea. And this last 2012 to present era was, um, like I said, I get it. There's talents that come off the screen like Braun Breaker, but there's some things that I don't like. I don't need everybody to have a gimmick. I don't need Andre Chase to have a gimmick. 
Tony D'Angelo to have a gimmick. Like, everybody doesn't need to be a garbage man or a hockey player. Um, so it is what it is at this point. I think they're going to have a challenging year. I think they're going to have bright spots. But I think if you felt like there was going to be a ton of momentum with NXT 2.0 and the beginning of the year that will carry on and, and win some fans over, uh, I think they took a little bit of a detour again with some of the moves that they made in the Performance Center because that's just discouraging as a wrestling fan, um, ones that really love professional wrestling. So that's all the WWE previews, Dr. Trey. Now let's get into All Elite Wrestling, AEW. How do you preview AEW this upcoming year? I almost have to preview it on two different levels. Like there's the casual fan level and, you know, the diehard fan level. And I think uh, that's kind of who AEW caters its space towards. They kind of cater more to like the diehard smart mark, whatever you want to call it, wrestling fans out there. Um, and I think by those standards, it's going to be really well. I think that, you know, they have a, some, you know, a ton of talent out there, obviously with some of the releases that have happened uh, this week, as far as coaches, there's more people available to bring in as coaches. I mean, Jeff, we could have the new age outlaws in AEW if we, if they really, really wanted to do it. Uh, you know, a William Regal showing up and, you know, in AEW to help coach. I mean, those things are now possibly Samoa Joe showing up, you know, real possibilities. You could have Joe Punk and Brian Danielson in AEW if Tony Khan wants it to happen. Um, they have a ton of talent. Now it is a question of putting the talent in places they can succeed and draw the casual fan interest in. That's my one worry about AEW is do they have that one guy um, that is going to bring everybody in that used to be a wrestling fan back during the Monday Night Wars and draw them back to that product to make them, you know, uh, I, I don't want to say I, com- I mean they're competitive with WWE, but put them on that scale as where WWE is. So I think they'll have a very very strong year. Fans will still love AEW, but I, I, I still think they need to find the guy to build this company around. And I don't know if they have that guy. That's interesting, Doctor Trey. Your thoughts on AEW? Because I'm entering this year cautiously optimistic with AEW as well. Um, I'm feeling that way because the roster has expanded. You have to figure that the roster will continue to grow this year and some more big names will sign with the company. Maybe some names down towards the end of the year that really surprises us if they're released or they leave WWE. But Tony Khan is already teasing a, a, another big signing coming soon. Uh, they're going to be in Cleveland for beach break. Maybe Johnny Gargano. Uh, maybe Wyndham Rotunda, the former Bray Wyatt. Uh, and the way that AEW adapts to some of these big signings, it's it's what's important to me. Um, you look at some of the big ones that they've had recently, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Adam Cole. I would say Brian Danielson, they have knocked it out of the park, A+. Love the way that he's being booked. I've loved his matches. Has been a ton of fun to watch Brian Danielson in the ring. CM Punk, I would give maybe a B minus. Uh, the MJF, some of the MJF stuff has been good. The matches, you know, he's working off the ring rust, but he's been kind of booked strange a little bit. And then Adam Cole, maybe a C at best. Like, I feel like he's starting to be booked intriguing right now, but up until this point, it's been a bit of a head, head scratcher. So the way that Tony Khan and the creative team can book some of these big name talents while continuing pushing their 
brand guys like a Sammy Guevara, a Jungle Boy, Darby Allen is is going to be very intriguing. There's points like this most recent edition of Dynamite last night where they hit it out of the park with guys like Hangman Page going over Brian Danielson and Jungle Boy winning the tag team titles. And then there's times where there's stretches where we don't see those guys on TV and they may just show up on Rampage. So I'm cautiously optimistic right now. I think they can overcome it, but it's going to be an early challenge that they may be already working through already, being that they've had some of these big names come since August, um, to figure out how the roster is going to move going forward. So it's going to be an interesting year for AEW. I'm cautiously optimistic on how they can contend and be successful with the more names that they bring in and the talent that they want to push going forward. And that takes us to our last leg of the preview here, Dr. Trey, the rest of professional wrestling. How do you see the rest of professional wrestling here, whether it be independent wrestling, uh, Game Changer Wrestling, ROH making their return? What about the rest of professional wrestling right now? We're still in the midst of a pandemic. What can we expect this upcoming year from your, your thoughts and opinion? Well, I, I still think the rest of professional wrestling uh, will, will be pretty strong. I mean, a lot of it is, you know, strength by WWE deletion, so to speak, with with all the talents that we've seen, you know, leave WWE uh, due to quote unquote budget cuts. That leaves a lot of tremendously talented people available for a lot of these other brands. The AEW is not going to sign everybody. Um, you know, we've already seen, you know, Braun Strowman and EC3 pop up, you know, at, at you know final battle. You know, they're kind of doing their own thing. Jonathan Gresham, uh, the current Ring of Honor champion, is starting his own promotion called Terminus, um, based out of Atlanta. Um, so I think a lot of the independents will be stronger um, as far as eyes on the product because there's more name brand people available uh, for those independents. It does make you know the lower independent shows a little bit you know, more worrisome because a lot of guys who thought they might be moving up uh, might be kind of held back for a year or so. Um, I think Impact will still do a, a really good show. I just don't know. Once again, kind of the same thing we talked about AEW, just on a smaller scale. They don't have that guy and they don't have that storyline yet that's going to make everybody have to tune in and watch every single week. Uh, they tried it with the AEW crossover uh, and, you know, that, that really didn't work and didn't really help drive their product any. Uh, the Ring of Honor stuff, I'm really interested to see like who they end up bringing in uh, to work Ring of Honor. Will it be kind of like, you know, hey, we're going to sign four. I mean, if they went out there and signed Keith Lee and Karrion Cross to be the, the flag bearers for the new Ring of Honor um, and then kind of built the show around a lot of, you know, top independent young talents that, you know, released from like NXT and some of the other independents, that wouldn't be a bad idea. But if they go out and sign a bunch of, you know, a bunch of people that may not have the name value. Can they get something to break through? Uh, so ring of honors will be really interesting, you know, game changers making that push to kind of, you know, make it a top four, you know, get up there with, you know, with, with impact. Um, and they've got the horses to kind of do it. They just got to get a better, uh, showcase for their talent. So more people can find out about them other than just, you know, the YouTube shows and the IWTV shows and stuff like that. Um, the, the attrition of WWE, I think, makes everybody else underneath strong. Uh, and hopefully we can get some great wrestling out of it this year. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I'm going to keep it centric to like three topics here. I think one, and you've mentioned them all. 
one being Game Changer Wrestling. I think GCW continues to really grow and be is like the top independent wrestling promotion uh, in the United States. And it, it probably is considered by most now to be in that role and to be a company that could be really pushing at a number three behind an impact wrestling. I think a lot of fans are really excited about them. Uh, when it comes to Ring of Honor wrestling, I'm not too sure. I don't think that they come back um, at all. I think maybe they, they get delayed in beyond April, um, try to make a comeback, and kind of peter out from that point forward. But I think I think ROH's time may be up, uh, in my opinion. Then the third thing is, and you mentioned it, the EC3 stuff, the, the free the narrative. I think that becomes the United States version of the Bullet Club. I think people get really excited about that group. I think they push some really big boundaries and make wrestling a lot of fun this year with EC3, with uh, the former Braun Strowman, Adam Schur, uh Killer Cross will be part of that group. I, I think they make some really cool headways, and I think they have like a Bullet Club type vibe here in the United States throughout the entire independent wrestling scene. So I like those three particular areas for the rest of professional wrestling in 2022. It's going to be an interesting year. It seems like independent wrestling is healthy again. Hopefully the pandemic doesn't derail it at all. And uh, I'm excited for the future with the influx of talent that will be coming to the market from uh, WWE these last several months. Um, so there you go. There is our wrestling preview for 2022. Now, Dr. Trey, it's time to get into our 2022 bold predictions and our WrestleMania 38 card predictions. So uh, why don't we begin with you, Dr. Trey? Why don't you kick it off with your five bold predictions for this upcoming year? All right. My first one is more of a dream, uh, kind of what I want more than anything else. Uh, my number one is Bray Wyatt returns to WWE. Uh, I, I'm looking at like he hasn't signed with AEW. Um, now there's been rumors out there about it, but to me, the, the best place for Bray is WWE. Because there's more global machine behind the Bray Wyatt character to once again push it to the mainstream. Um, as much as I'd like to see him go to you know AEW because you know maybe a little more freedom with the character, I just don't think Bray Wyatt in AEW is as big as what Bray Wyatt was in WWE on a global scale. So that's my first bold prediction: is that Bray Wyatt returns to WWE. All right, my first bold prediction is that Cody Rhodes turns heel and becomes the AEW World Champion by defeating Hangman Adam Page. Uh, I know Cody is not supposed to be going for the AEW World Championship, but that's the whole point of his heel turn. He kind of leans in a little bit of being uh, Tony Khan's boy, throwing his weight around him with his position, and I think he becomes a massive heel, wins the AEW World Championship by specifically defeating Hangman Page, and uh, kind of puts AEW on its ear a little bit as one of its top stars by year-end. So that is my first bold prediction for 2022. Dr. Trey, what is your second bold prediction for this year? Uh, let's see. I'm going to save that one. So I am going to go with the Briscoes sign with AEW and win the AEW Tag Team titles. Um, the Briscoes are the ultimate tag team. AEW seems the best place for tag teams. Um, they've been backstage, they've hung out with, you know, kind of the Tony Khan, so he kind of knows who they are and 
and what they would bring to the table. Um, I would just like to see the Briscoes finally get some, you know, mainstream exposure other than, you know, they've been in ring of, you know, been in ring of honor for the better part of a decade. Uh, seeing them finally get a chance to showcase themselves on a TBS and a TNT, I think would be great for them. Uh, and if you put them boys in AEW, you got to put the belts on them at some point. So Briscoe sign with AEW and win the AEW tag team titles. My second bold prediction is that MJF turns babyface and becomes the best anti-hero in wrestling since Stone Cold. Uh, he's been getting some babyface reactions lately, obviously, in Long Island, New York, was uh, the biggest one. He got some cheers last night on AEW Dynamite getting the PG Punk chants going, and he tried to, like, quell it down and, and turn on the crowd a bit. I think the fans want to embrace MJF as a babyface, and he doesn't really need to change much. He can do what The Rock did. He can do what Stone Cold did in the late 90s, keep his attitude, keep his persona, but just turn it on a dime on the heels. So I think MJF turns babyface and becomes the best anti-hero in wrestling since Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now let's get to our third bold prediction, Dr. Trey. What say you? Uh, so the, this one here is more of a dream match. So my main event at Wrestle at New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom coming up uh, this next January, Brian Danielson versus Kazuchika Okada for the uh, New Japan heavy, or the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. I think it's a dream match that people have been clamoring for uh, with AEW's open door, forbidden door policy, whatever you want to call it. I think we get a chance for Brian Danielson to go there and, and showcase his talents towards the end of his career against, you know, maybe the greatest wrestler in the history of New Japan. So uh, Brian Danielson versus Kazuchika Okada uh, at Wrestle Kingdom this year. Ooh, could you imagine if that happens? I am all about that. And you heard Okada say recently he wants Danielson, he wants Punk. So let's make it happen, folks. Let's make this happen. My third bold prediction is that Braun Breaker becomes the breakout star in all of wrestling for 2022 and becomes the next, next big thing. You've probably heard that already, the Brock Lesnar comparisons. I honestly feel like, and I know I've said this before with other people, but this has been the first time that there's actually been a WWE train behind them. I think this is the closest that we've seen to the next big thing since Lesnar. Uh, I am a, a fan of Braun Breaker. I'm a fan of his potential. I'm excited for his future growth in professional wrestling and i think he becomes the breakout star this year and becomes the next next big thing dr trey let's get to our fourth bold prediction oh i'm not gonna bring up lars sullivan here jeff no 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 (laughs) lars did not have the train behind him like uh like braun breaker has so far that's true that's true by the way harlan to me is scarier than braun breaker that is a good point Harlan scares the crap out of me. I agree. Uh, so for my for my fourth ball prediction, Charlotte Flair Antonio Browns her way out of WWE so she can sign with AEW uh, and reunite with her fiance there. Uh, you already have the tie-ins with the with the Flair with the Blanchers, the whole horse the, the, the horsemen are all there pretty much. Um, you know, to me this is a no brainer in a lot of ways. She just has to rock the boat enough for them to go, you know what? Uh, we got Becky, we got Sasha, we got the returning Bailey, you know, we got Rhea, Raquel, Bianca, we got everybody. We don't need Charlotte anymore. Let's go ahead and let her go. Save some money. Hey, budget cuts, yo. Uh, let her go. Charlotte shows up in AEW, and we get Charlotte Flair and Britt Baker uh, in a few, which I think would actually be pretty damn entertaining. All right, I like that. My my next bold prediction 
is, and it's basically plain and simple here, Roman Reigns does not lose the WWE Universal Championship 2022. I know there's a lot of people thinking that he, he may be leaving. He'll be dropping the title soon to Brock. I don't think any of that thing happens. I think he continues this long title reign, oh, two years plus, and he does not lose that WWE Universal Championship at all this year. So that's what my fourth bold prediction is. And now, Dr. Trey, let's get to our fifth and final bold predictions. Well, you mentioned this gentleman earlier. So my bold prediction for my fifth and final one is that Cody Rhodes, quote-unquote, retires from the world of professional wrestling. He's got a lot of heat on him for the fans saying he's a sellout. He's gone to Hollywood. Um, To me, this would be the perfect time for Cody to, quote-unquote, retire from professional wrestling. And it may, it may be a longer term thing than we think, but uh, I could see Cody stepping back, just being the executive vice president, working behind the scenes for impact or excuse me for uh, AEW and focusing on his reality show and his Hollywood career, because he does have some good connections in Hollywood now. So Cody steps away from pro wrestling in 2022. All right, my fifth and final bold prediction is that Edge wins the WWE Championship and is the best wrestler in 2022. If there's a stock that I'm investing in right now for some major growth this year, it is Edge, the Raider R Superstar. Uh, I love what he's done since he returned from his triceps injury uh, over a year ago now, or less than a year ago. And I think this is going to be a huge year for him in WWE. So I think he wins the WWE Championship. And then when we look back at 2022, I think he is the wrestler of the year. So that is my fifth and final bold prediction. Dr. Trey's bold predictions are in the book. And now it's time to to get to our WrestleMania 38 card predictions. So uh, why don't I kick it off here first, Dr. Trey? Um, I'll get the easy ones out of the way first. Uh, The WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I have 16 matches on the card, by the way. So those two are on there. I have for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship, Carmella and Queen Zelina defend against Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan. For the Intercontinental Championship, I have Sami Zayn defending against Cesaro. For the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, I have the Usos defending against The New Day. For the Raw Tag Team Championship, I have RK-Bro defending against Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. For the WWE United States Championship, I have Damian Priest defending against Austin Theory. I have Finn Balor versus The Miz as a match. Rey Mysterio versus Dominic Mysterio as a match. Edge versus AJ Styles as a match. I have Drew McIntyre versus Shane McMahon as a match. And I have that in there because uh, they said recently the reason why Drew wasn't in that Battle Royal back in December was because it came from the higher-ups. It is WrestleMania season, and I think Shane is poised to be going one-on-one with the SmackDown Warrior, Drew McIntyre. I have John Cena taking on Goldberg. I have Charlotte Flair defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against the 2022 Women's Royal Rumble winner, Sasha Banks. I have Becky Lynch defending the Raw Women's Championship against Rhea Ripley. I have Bobby Lashley defending the WWE Championship against Big E, who wins the 2022 Men's Royal Rumble. And I have Roman Reigns defending the Universal Championship against Brock Lesnar. So that is my WrestleMania 38 card predictions, Dr. Trey. Um, 16 matches on there. So that's what I'm rocking with. What about you? How many matches are you rocking with? And uh, how did your card shake out for uh, about 12 weeks from now? So I have 16 also. Um, 
and actually I just threw two of them on the fly because I had 14 originally, but two of them make sense to me, but I'm kind of keeping one of yours. Uh, so I'll start at the bottom, work my way up. I have the Women's Battle Royal. And I picked winners. Did you pick winners for your Battle Royals, by the way? No, no, I did not, no. Okay, so the Women's Battle Royal, I have Raquel Gonzalez winning the Women's Battle Royal. I have Ridge Holland winning the uh, Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Um, I have Los Lotharios versus The New Day on my card. Um, for the women's tag team title, I have Carmella and Zelina defending against Shayna Baszler and Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, I also have The Miz versus Finn Balor. I also have AJ versus Edge. Uh, I also have Ray versus Dominic. I have John Cena against Shane McMahon because I think I was like, I've never seen John hasn't wrestled Vince, so why not wrestle Shane? Um, I have Charlotte Flair also against uh, Sasha Banks for the SmackDown Women's title. I also have Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's title. Uh, I have Damian Priest defending the United States title against Omos. Uh, I have Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, Baron Corbin, or Happy Corbin, Cesaro, Ricochet, and Sheamus in a ladder match for the Intercontinental title. The Usos defend the SmackDown tag titles against the Viking Raiders. Uh, RK Bro versus Seth and Kevin, uh, like you had. I also have Big E versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. And also Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE Universal Championship. So there you go. There are our five bold predictions, uh, as well as our WrestleMania 38 card predictions. We will open up the vault uh, back in uh, December now of this year and uh, play this clip back. So hopefully we are very, very right, like we typically are. And um, we're not embarrassed when it comes time to play this clip back. I sincerely hope. Uh, And that takes us time to try to our WWE Day 1 recap review, the last thing that we want to cover here on this week's edition of the show, the first show of 2022. Let's get to the pre-show match. Sheamus and Ridge Holland taking on Cesaro and Ricochet. We did not predict this match. Sheamus and Ridge Holland won. Uh, Ridge Holland had to leave the match early on after busting his nose due to Ricochet. Sheamus still gets the win by defeating Cesaro and Ricochet in a handicap match. Not sure how to feel about that result for Cesaro and Ricochet, as they should have called an audible and not have two really good wrestlers lose to one. But they did it anyway, Dr. Trey. Your thoughts, Sheamus and Ridge Holland getting the W. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I I didn't understand them not just audibling the finish and then coming back and fixing it on SmackDown or something else like that, like they typically would do. Um, I, but like I mentioned, I have high hopes for Ridge Holland on the on the main roster on SmackDown. I think the way they're they're setting it up is that Ridge eventually turns on Sheamus, Sheamus reunites the bar or something like that. But uh, overall, I mean, I thought the match was fine. I just didn't think I didn't like the finish to the match because it didn't make sense to have Sheamus beat his former tag team partner in the bar and, in, and a great young talent like Ricochet. Uh, next match here was the Usos retaining the SmackDown Tag Team Championship over the New Day. Dr. Trey and I both have the Usos getting the victory. Uh, what a fun tag team match as the Usos won with a 3D, now known as the 1D. The New Day and the Usos chemistry is on par with Edge and Christian Hardy's Dudley's days of tag team chemistry from a WWE perspective. I love this match, and it was the perfect opener. Both teams should be really proud of this performance, Dr. Trey. Your thoughts on the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match? Yeah, they don't have bad matches. Usos and New Day could wrestle a thousand more matches, and not a single one of them would that. Um, and, and that's kind of like, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's you know, it's the tag team division or the tag team version of Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Like, it's it's always going to be good. It's always going to be entertaining. They can tweak storylines around, but when those four guys get in the ring, it's always magic. So, and then busting out, you know, the 3D and making that their new finisher and getting permission from the you know from Devon to do it. You know, getting the proper respect to, to do something like that, I thought was 
Jimmy was really cool as well. So, uh, yeah, great way to kick off the show. Uh, next match here was Drew McIntyre defeating Madcap Moss. Dr. Trainer both had Drew McIntyre getting the victory. Uh, I thought Drew was very generous with the amount of offense Madcap Moss got during this match. It showed Madcap Moss could hang. Later in the night, Happy Cor- Corbin and Madcap Moss attacked Drew McIntyre doing an injury angle. Um, so, obviously, Drew's status is now up in the air. I guess he has a strained neck. Hopefully, Drew is back in time for WrestleMania season. I can't foresee him being at the Royal Rumble, barring some sort of uh, major comeback here uh, on the medical front. Dr. Trey, your thoughts on Drew McIntyre defeating Madcap Moss? Yeah, I, 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 on one hand, I would say I'm not so much surprised that they gave him the offense because, you know, Madcap Moss is a big guy. As my son is destroying my room, yes, you did that. <laughs> but, uh, like, I, I literally, like, I'll fix it later, son. You broke one of my lights. Congratulations. <laughs> anyway, yeah, like, I mean, Riddick Moss, I mean, Matt Moss is a big guy. So, in WWE's mind, if you got a big guy fighting a baby face, he's got to get his offense in, get the crowd to think that he might be through. Uh, so, I was fine with the way the match was put together because it kind of gave him – with Drew leaving for a little while, it gives Madcap and Happy a little bit more credibility going forward. So uh, I was fine with the match. I thought I was fine for what it was, but, you know, just didn't measure up to Usos and New Day at this point. Uh, next match here was RK-Bro defeating the Street Profits to retain the Raw Tag Team Championship. Dr. Trainer both had RK-Bro getting the victory. Good match. I was surprised to see RK-Bro working more as the Babyfaces and the Street Profits until post-match when they all celebrated together. Uh, Riddle doing the alley oop RKO to Randy Orton needs to be their finisher. Um, good match here, Doctor Trey. RK broke in the victory. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this match a lot, and and it was weird because I I, I kind of saw this on, you know, on Raw when they were doing the uh, the, the match between the Prophets and the Mysterios that the Prophets were kind of healing a little bit more uh, during that match. So maybe I mean it's a, it's a tease for maybe the Prophets at some point going heel, kind of a little test run, but. It was nice to see that you know them all kind of shake hands and be buddies afterwards, but it was it was a pretty dang good match. Uh, and and Orton and Riddle have some really good in ring chemistry going for a team that's only been together for you know a handful of months. Yeah, absolutely, a really good chemistry. It's uh, it's reminiscent of like Team Hell No, rated RKO stuff. When you see people that are single stars being thrown together and being very successful as tag team partners. Uh, next match here was Edge defeating the Miz. I had Edge, Doctor Trey, and the Miz. Uh, solid match between two longtime WWE stars. Good, good feud thus far. I loved seeing Beth Phoenix return to even the odds for her husband. Looking forward to the eventual mixed tag team match at the Royal Rumble. Dr. Trey, your thoughts? Edge defeating the Miz. Yeah, it was a, it was a good solid match. In, in a way for Edge to kind of, I don't know, at this point, does, does Miz need to have matches to kind of prove his worth in WWE? Because he, he, he gets on these streaks where they kind of book him down towards the bottom of the car. He's comic relief. Then they bring him back up for a serious feud, and the fans don't buy into it because we just saw this guy you know get his ass kicked for six months. Um, I enjoyed the match, and it, it, you know last week I did say there's a lead to the mixed tag match. I just had the wrong guy, uh, Edge, getting a solid win over the Miz. Yeah, yeah, very good match. Uh, two two pros putting on a show for the uh, WWE fans. Uh, next match here was. Becky Lynch defeating Liv Morgan to retain the Raw Women's Championship. Dr. Trey and I both had Liv Morgan in the victory. That obviously did not happen. Good match. Solid storytelling. I love the finisher. Becky turned the Oblivion finisher to the Manhandle Slam as Liv was so close to winning. I was surprised they didn't pull the trigger on Liv becoming the Raw Women's Championship, but hopefully this adds to her chase 
to become champion rather than drifting away from the title scene during the upcoming WrestleMania season. We'll see how that all comes together. She's in a number one contenders match this Monday on Raw against Bianca Belair. And Dewdrop, I'll share your thoughts. Becky defeating Liv. Yeah, uh, really good match. I thought this was this was their best in-ring uh, chemistry so far. Uh, the finish was really good. Um, you know, like you said, I was I, you know, surprised that they didn't pull the trigger now, but maybe they're waiting for one of the big, you know, bigger pay-per-views coming up to make that move where Liv would get more notoriety if she wins it at the Rumble or she wins it at WrestleMania. Uh, more people watch Rumble at WrestleMania than they watch day one. Um, so uh, if, if that's the plan, that makes sense. But like you know, we talked about last week, you're, you're kind of booking yourself into a corner where Liv kind of has to get the belt at some point. Otherwise, she's just going to, you know, drifting back down towards the bottom of the card. All right, then let's get to the main event here. Obviously, it wasn't Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar because Roman Reigns, unfortunately, tested positive for COVID. He'll be back on SmackDown on Friday night. He was medically cleared. Uh, so it was Big E defending against Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, and he added Brock Lesnar in a fatal five-way match. We did not predict this match because we predicted a fatal four-way, so we can't really <laughs> predict this one now. But Brock Lesnar gets the victory and becomes the new WWE champion. Uh, I usually don't like quick main events, but this was good for what it was. Fast-paced, intense, and hard-handing fatal five-way match. Lashley got a good amount of offense on Brock Lesnar, uh, and the stare-down post-match really had me looking forward to the eventual Lesnar-Lashley uh, match for the WWE title at the Royal Rumble. Now that's been confirmed this past Monday on Raw. Uh, I feel bad for Big E, but I feel like the Le- that Lesnar taking the title off of him will hopefully lead to a bigger moment soon, being that I am predicting he is in the title match at WrestleMania 38 and wins the Rumble at the end of the month. Um, I like the match, Dr. Trey. I didn't hate on it like some other people were. Your thoughts? Brock becoming the new WWE champion in a fatal five-way. I mean, I think I think the hate on the match is more the knee-jerk reaction to Brock you know, winning the title. People still have a bad taste in their mouth from Brock beating Kofi. Now Brock technically is beating Big E. Um, so I get, I get some of the backlash, but as, as far as a match itself, kind of being thrown together at the last minute, I'm with you. Like I thought it was good. I thought it was hard hitting. I liked the way that Seth and Kevin worked together. Uh, you know, I, to me, it, it made a ton of sense. Um, and then Brock getting on top, I think that can lead to some interesting storytelling coming up here at, at Rumble. If if Roman costs uh, Brock the belt to Bobby to lead to their WrestleMania match, and then Biggie wins the Rumble to lead to him and Lashley, that makes a ton of sense to me and, and be some good storytelling. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how this whole thing plays out now. So pay-per-view prediction record, I guess I should change it to premium live event prediction record because pay-per-views now, the name is now gone, I guess. Uh, that was a big, big change this past Saturday night. By the way, love the Saturday pay-per-views. Thank you, WWE. Us old guys appreciate it. Um, the 2022 pay-per-view prediction record, like I just said, 4-1, and one, Dr. Trey 3-2, first, obviously, pay-per-view of the year. Uh, match of the night event rating. Event rating, I give it a 3.7. My match of the night was the Usos and the New Day. Dr. Trey, what say you? Event rating and match of the night? I mean, I was a little bit lower. I was at 3.4. I thought it was a good show. It was not, you know, fantastic. Uh, and I had Usos and New Day as my match of the night. And, and um, uh, pretty much, you put the Usos and New Day against each other on any pay-per-view, it's probably going to be my match of the night. Yeah, that's true. That was a great, great tag team match. And uh, it was a hard act to follow the rest of the night as it was the match of the night. First match on the card, match of the night. Everybody else had a tough time following after that one. So there you go. All right, Dr. Trey, let's uh, let's get a couple plugs and sponsors of the way as we clo- close up shop here on this week's edition of the show. 
You can download the show every Thursday at thebowershow.com. Russell Chatnet on Twitter and the So Realtor Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us climb the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram under Trey Franklin. Uh, when you're on Facebook, uh, Facebook, be sure to check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling. Like we mentioned earlier, we just had our Rocket City uh, Rumble. Over 457 people in the building for. We had 32 superstars, performers, workers, wrestlers, whatever you want, whatever your uh, verbiage is when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. We had over 32 people in our Rumble this year. Uh, one of our biggest rumbles yet as far as size. Uh, and if you go over to the SRT Facebook page, the rumble's on there along with pictures from the show as well. So be sure, be sure to check that out as well. All right. Go out there and support all the great things that support the Still Real Toast show. And uh, let it uh, let it spread a little bit, folks. Spread the good word of the Still Real Toast show. Uh, we'll be back next week on the 13th of January for episode number 622. And a lot of that show will be covering the stuff that we missed during the holiday programming schedule. So the last three weeks have been nothing but holiday programming schedule. Special time of the year for the Star Realtor Show. So uh, thank you for downloading and supporting and uh, being part of our holiday programming schedule. As now we officially get you ready for the road to WrestleMania 38 as uh, the Royal Rumble now is gaining... Uh, closer and closer and closer to us now. It's an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. Um, so until next week, for Dr. Dre Franklin, I'm Jeff Pack. Thank you for downloading the show. Happy New Year. This is the Still Real Talk Show. You perceive what you mind, that's the end. So I'ma stick around with Russ and be a mentor. But a few rounds of motherfuckers remember what the thought is. I brought all this so you can survive when law is lawless. Right Feeling sensations that you thought was dead. Yeah. No squealing, remember that it's all in your head. Hey, it happened. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine. In a bag, I'm useless. They're taking school spirit The fun's just getting started To the max This is gonna be awesome Saved by the Bell New season streaming now Let's do this baby Only on Peacock Whatever you're funny Peacock's got it exclusively Stream classic sitcoms like The Office Parks and Recreation And Two and a Half Men Plus catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Saved by the Bell For all your exclusive comedy faves Go to PeacockTV.com and get started